Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the newsroom to the nursery. We're juggling a demanding career on live television with the demands of motherhood. I'm Katie. I'm Karen. And I'm Ingrid. They are anchor moms. And... Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Anchor Moms, the podcast. You guys, it is spring, officially. Yeah. Which Mm -hmm. means, Mm -hmm. dun, dun, dun. I'm scared. I don't know what. Flowers? It is time to start looking for a swimsuit. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds awful. Is it really Right? So here's my question, because you know I'm not fashionable, and, and you guys are. Um, talk to me about what's in this year. What what is up with this high waisted mm. high waisted bathing suit bottom? I like that. What is is it? Is I've it been wearing work? this for years. Yeah. Oh, so I don't okay. I don't know, but I like them and they're fashionable. I like them. Okay. I also like a one piece. I will not lie to you. I a know one it's kind of momsy. Okay. One pieces, okay. oh, yeah. um, the high waisted stuff. You know what makes high waisted ones cute is if you get like the like the leg cutouts are kind of high, so it kind of keeps like the like m- maybe it backs away from like the mom factor a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I have to admit, I have not even thought about like, ooh, I don't want to. Is it swimsuit season? No, oh gosh, really? guys, I have been going through I think this it is. for the past week. I ordered yeah. one, two, three, four, five <gasps> bathing suits. What? what? Okay, because I'm pregnant mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's like you know how do you not look like a beached whale on the beach when you're pregnant mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well I think I've still failed but um yeah uh, even high-waisted maternity swimsuits are in like two-piece high-waisted maternity Ooh. swimsuits yeah that you can like fold down if you want or fold up fold are over they cute? the belly like what do they look what brand no Give of course me, like, they're the not no none no. of them are cute okay. you look awful in all of them because you're pregnant uh-huh. and you uh-huh. have to be in a bathing suit in front of human beings so of course they look awful but um yeah I mean you know I got some Amazon buys in there I got okay. some like pee in a pod buys yeah mm-hmm. I returned most of them <laughs> see I always liked being pregnant in the summer because I feel like you totally get a pass like it was like the I one guess. time that you're like I, I it doesn't matter if I don't look cute because like clearly everyone can see that I've got this huge belly and like you know I'm always like so conscious about my stomach so like mm-hmm. you can't have a six-pack when you got a baby in there so you just like kind of get a pass right I like I was like I like caught myself sucking in and you're like, like what? no, that's like not a yeah, thing. No, no. You're like more yeah. than 20 weeks pregnant. Like it was just like self-consciously. Like I was like, yeah. Oh wait, it doesn't matter anymore. Right. <laughs> and so you, I'm trying to think you have not been super pregnant in the summer with your last two pregnancies, right? Hartman is born in March. Well, Lisa Le- was born in November. So I did go to the beach. Yeah. I was pregnant, but I wasn't like uber super pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I was like still kind of cute pregnant. Right. It's going to, we're going to be teetering on the edge of like, why is she standing? full on baby? Yeah. yeah, yeah, 
Okay. So, yeah. Well, send pics. Send pics. We no. would love to. We would love to blast. I would. You know what I would do is I would post that stuff on Instagram, all over like, social media. I would let everyone weigh in, find out what is the best bathing suit for you. That's well, it sounds do. like it sounds. You like guys for, should do that. Those are yeah. much more likes than me. So it sounds like for moms, though, I'm still kind of okay because I was worried there was going to be some new trend that, like, oh, string bikinis are back. And I was going to have to be like, I mean, I don't want to break so. this to you, Karen. I think we are way past string bikinis. Like, it's well, no, just I know not, I am. It's just, I know it's I like, am. It's just not happening anymore. No, mm-hmm. I know. Obviously, mm-hmm. obviously. But you know, we're in that weird, like, I still want to kind of look like I'm like not super momish, you know, but I don't want to look. You know, like I'm trying to be 20 again because obviously yeah. I'm not. You know, it yeah. just feels like that weird zone. And for some reason, bathing suits are always like so like to me. Yeah. Like I can't. Well, ever, I, don't like, like bathing suits either. I don't know what the trend is this year, but last year the young girls, because we're so old now, were all wearing thong bikinis. Like I didn't see that. Wear. Oh. So I was gonna, I was oh. going to say okay. that, and then I was like, no, like I'm not even going to suggest that. But it is true. We did go to the beach last year, and Brian was like, um, hello, and I was like, oh yeah, this is like, <laughs> this is like a thing. Thong it's bikinis a thing. are like a thing. I can't. So oh, so they would just no. have their whole their whole yes. Body that's what a thong there. is. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And meanwhile, we're like. Oh, definitely high waist of full coverage is definitely in. <laughs> Wait, is it what I'm like, what? In? One piece. Wetsuits. How about wetsuits? Wetsuits are great. Wetsuits are great. Yep. <laughs> Do it. The skirts. Are the skirts in? Oh, the swim skirt. skirts. Karen, if you get swim a skirt, skirt, I'm not going to be friends with you anymore. Like, I just can't be friends <laughs> with you if you have This like is skirt. why I feel like I need to have this discussion because I just want to make sure I'm, like, not going I somewhere where I shouldn't be going. Take the skirt bathing suit out of your Amazon cart because <laughs> that is, like... That's you no. can wear like a wrap. You can wear like a, a, a sarong or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, let's move on. From the news desk. Okay, so this one really, I don't know, it kind of hit home for me. It's um, from Her View From Home, which is a website that we really like. And the, the name of the article is What We Should Be Telling New Moms To Be. And um, the author talks about you know, there was the original excitement that typically typically comes when you announce you're pregnant, but it wasn't too far into those 40 weeks when the how are you feeling concerns that once were genuine became segues into giving unsolicited warnings like you're not sleeping well now, we'll just wait until that baby is born. Nothing sounds good to eat. Just wait until the only meal you eat are either cold or with one hand. Well, you're uncomfortable now. Just wait until those labor pains kick in. And she talks about how she like came home one day and said to her husband, like, is there anything positive about having a baby? Because everybody gives you all these terrible warnings. And I, she knows they're just trying to be helpful, but it just ramps up her anxiety. I, I felt like people said that to me a lot when I was pregnant. As you guys know, I was like not jazzed to be pregnant to begin with. I was really anxious about having a kid. Um, we talked about this in the last podcast, Karen, that I was, I was like, you know, I don't want to say I was like on the fence about having a kid. Cause you know, once you're pregnant, it's done, but I was not one of those people that had been, you know, anticipating with great joy having this kid. So I was already had a lot of anxiety and then people basically made it sound like your life was over and that you were about to embrace hell for like the next 18 years. And then I had river. And of course, as you guys know, the end of the story is that like, you know, it's having a baby is really hard, but it also, I mean, it's like one of the greatest joys of your life. So she talks about how she wishes that some people would give that advice. Like just wait until you feel him kick because he feels the sound of, because he feels the sound of your voice. Just wait until you hold her for the first time and fall in love more deeply than you ever thought possible. Like that kind of advice. 
is more helpful to new moms. What do you guys think? Yes, I totally agree. Especially since like, as I have been saying, being pregnant is really hard. Like don't make it worse. Don't tell people like, this is the good part of being a parent is when you're pregnant. Cause that's so false. I mean, that's so false. Yeah. And you're scaring these women. She talks about her anxiety. Like I'm like the anxiety queen over here, like, you know, buying fire gates and, or fire ladders when I'm pregnant and stuff. And like, it just gets, I mean, I guess this is what you're not supposed to say, but it gets worse after you have kids sometimes. <laughs> no, that's what you can't say. Yeah, I know that's, that's what the article is saying. Don't say. Just pretend yeah. I didn't say that. But anyway, but don't <laughs> add to the anxiety. Just don't add to the anxiety for these moms because they're they can't go back. They're pregnant. Yeah. Well, that was stop. my point. Like, that when I was pregnant, I was like, oh, thanks. Well, I guess like, like you're doing it. It's already done. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I I don't know if I agree. I don't know. Right. I think it's tricky. I, I think I get what you're saying, and I don't want to cause undue stress or anxiety for pregnant women, but I do think there's something to be said for being honest. And I have had several friends, because I was, you know, had a, had my first kid before a lot of my friends from home, and I had several people say, like, Karen, tell me for real. Like, like don't, what is this don't, really like? Don't tell me, like, the thing that everybody says, but, like, tell me what it's really like. And I was like, it's, it's hard. Like, it's not easy. Like, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. So I think, uh, you know, I, I don't, the thing I don't like is when people say like the, the cheesy things that every, like, you're never going to sleep again. Like those things, like stop, like everybody knows that you're not going to get much sleep, like whatever. I don't like those cliche things, but I think mm-hmm. that I'm fine. I think that you should be honest. And I think that if someone, and I also th- will say this, I think there's a difference between like, if it's a friend or an acquaintance who's pregnant, like, yeah, don't go up and be like, this is going to be awful. But if somebody asks you, then I think you should be honest. I think you should say, you know, or, or what I say when, when it's somebody asking me, like, what is it like? Like, I, I'm, I, it's, I, I always say, and this was what my experience was, for me, the first couple of months were really, really rough. As soon as she started with my first, as soon as she started smiling back at me at like month two or three, it got a lot better for me. But, but what's I hard with that is like, that wasn't the case for me. You know what I'm saying? So like, you don't also want to scare somebody and be like, oh, great. It's Karen said, you know, she's got three kids. She knows what she's talking about. Like, it's going to be hard for the next couple months because it might not be like that for them. You know what I mean? I mean, I I feel like there's like a middle ground here. It's because I I have a good friend who lives in Florida um, who is she's a little bit older than me and she's pregnant with her first kid. And we, um, we FaceTimed like two weekends ago and she was very like, tell me about the specifics. Like, did you do sleep training? Did you do this? Did you do that? Mm -hmm. Did you do this? And I was like, Carolyn, I did this, this, and this, but like, can I just tell you that like right now I would not focus on your, your, she's as pregnant as you are, Ingrid. She's due in August. I was like, you should focus on like, this is like, you're about to have, it's going to be the hardest experience of your life, but it's going to be, I'm not kidding. Like one of like the greatest joys of your life. And I like, I truly mean that. Like, I don't mean that in like a, and you know me, like I'm not, I'm not a cheesy person, but like, I truly mean that when I say to people and I try to like, remember to say that, like, yeah, listen, it sucks. Of course you're not going to sleep. Like nobody sleeps. Like, of course, right. the, the, you know, there's a million different things that are really difficult about having a, a baby. But like, if there wasn't some joy in it, like Karen, you wouldn't have three kids and right. you wouldn't be about to have your third kid. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I think it's really important to remind people that like, yeah. Like it's like the most amazing, challenging thing. And like, while we're telling people how difficult it is, we should definitely like remind people of like, just like the happiness that you can't even, like, you can't even imagine just yet. 
you know, and it really like the older your kids get in some ways it gets better and better because like then they have personalities. Right. right. So mm-hmm. it just gets better and better. I mean, and, and I mean, harder and harder, but, and, and I guess we're a little hypocritical because we do like complain a lot on this yeah, podcast, yeah, of course, of course. maybe more than say like positive things about our kids. But I think specifically in this article, kind of what she's saying is maybe like you're saying, Karen, like casual friends or like mm-hmm. people you meet on the street, like don't start the conversation with like the negative because it is in general, a very positive experience, but you're right. Like tell your, like I like my siblings or some of my friends and have kids, like, believe me, they know all mm-hmm. about the bad and, <laughs> and the good. Mom's the word. Last week, Ingrid was like between two different moms. I think she was like talking about either like a vacuum cleaner or like a lip plumping thing. <laughs> um, this week, I am going all in on the, um, the cosmetic stuff. Uh, this Great. Week, so my mom's this week, Karen, you will really appreciate this because I know that you were really into cosmetics, right? Yeah. It's my jam. Figured. Um, it's called the Kopari Starry Eye Balm. Um, I use it every morning after I wash my face and, uh, it has hyaluronic acid in it and some caffeine in it and, um, it brightens your eyes and it has like little, I don't know, like little, like shiny glitter things in it. And honestly, not only does it look pretty, it just, it's like, it's kind of my jam in the mornings and I would like totally recommend it and you can get it for 28 bucks on Amazon, which is a little bit pricey, but honestly, this has lasted me more than six months, this little so, uh, pot here. You know how, um, uh, yes. um, what do I Talk say? How Tell I don't me. know anything about makeup. How, how is that really true about makeup? Yeah. Well, so I'm just okay. curious. So is this a like skincare product or is it like a makeup to look, make your eyes look better? I'm- no, I would say it's more of like a skincare product. There's no makeup okay. in it. Um, okay. It's like, a, and it's made from like coconut oil. So it's basically, it's just meant to like brighten and um, like smooth out lines. Um, okay. I, like I said, I'll sometimes use it on the weekends and like not put any makeup on just because I put it on my brow bone a little bit, just because it has like a little bit of like a shimmer or a sparkle to it. But it's not a, it's not a concealer. It's like just a little bomb that you put on and the directions dab around your eye from coffee to cocktails. Oh, so underneath or over or both? You could do either. Like I do underneath and then like on my brow bone a little bit as well. Okay. I love it. I'm always looking for something. In fact, the other day I was looking in the mirror and being like, wow, my under eye circle situation is getting real bad here. So I I need something. I, I feel like this could be, this could be your jam. Kopari Starry Eye Balm. Okay. All right. I love it. Okay. In other news. So the next article is from the BBC. Is the Western way of raising kids weird? So this is, um, this is fascinating. So this is talking about the things that we in America and the Western world think are normal. Sleep training, sleeping in separate beds or even separate rooms than your kids, strollers. These are all kind of the norms here, right? That's what we normally do as moms. Well, in other parts of the world, this is not the norm. This is, in fact, very different and opposite from what they do. So it talked a lot about co-sleeping. In India, places like India, Africa, 70 to 80% of parents co-sleep, which is 
crazy to me. Um, so, and, and so we just talked about a lot of the, the different things that happen in other cultures that are so different than the parenting norms well, here. One of the reasons why I, I gave you this article is because I knew that you were like kind of passionate about some of this stuff, like sleep training, like kids yeah. sleeping, like you, you, it's, it's you, your kids sleep in a crib, right? Like they don't sleep in your room. The they first sleep in a crib months, right? from day one. As soon as they get right. home from the hospital, they never sleep in my room. So no, um, what did they call it? What's the thing that they the what's the thing that the co-sleeping bed? Yeah, the co-sleeping oh, bed or the like bassinet. bassinet. Like no bassinet yeah. for you besides your bed, nope. right? No, no, no. So here's what I will say. So yeah, you're right, Katie. I am very um, I'm very particular about some of these things. And as I was reading this article, I was thinking like, huh. Uh, like, how do I feel knowing now that so many people in so many other cultures do it differently yeah. and seem to be successful? Um, I'm sticking to my guns. Yeah. I, I think, I think that it's, it's interesting to hear about what other cultures do, but I can't get on board with it. One of, one of the things talked about how, um, in Japan, the kids take less naps because they yeah. see sleep as lazy. Like what? I am like the biggest nap person for my kids ever. Like my yeah. Five-year-old still takes a nap once a week. My right. five-year-old, who's in yeah, kindergarten which I love. now, like that's like that's amazing. I mean, I yeah. just feel like that's very important. So um, I don't know. I think some of this is interesting, but I think that to each his own. If they uh -huh. want to do it that way, but I, I have not. This article didn't change my mind. I guess I would say and give me enough reason to um, switch my train of thought. Um, but it, it 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 talked about how, um, which I do like this in other countries. Um, moms carry their babies a lot more instead of using a stroller. That baby's always like attached to them. You know, my sister just had a baby in December. We've talked a lot about that as well. And she is like sort of in the thick of like, she's about to go back to work next week. And she's in the thick of like, she's reading all of like the sleep training books. Some stuff is working, some stuff's not working. She's like puzzling over it. And like at one point, I had to say, like, you know, Jen, there is not a single, like, there's not a method that's going to work 100% of the time. Like, there's no way to just, like, there's nothing that you're going to do that's going to make Lexington sleep for, like, eight hours a night. It's just, like, that's just not the way it is. And she was like, no, I, like, obviously, she's in healthcare. Like, she knows this. But I thought it was interesting. I, and I wondered whether or not, and of course, since I'm not in the thick of, like, having an infant, this is a lot easier to say. In this article... It talks about our culture has changed dramatically and our expectations of babies and of parenting has changed dramatically over the course of a few decades. We've sort of developed this cultural myth that babies shouldn't wake up at night. And I think like that's where sometimes it gets really hard for parents because you think that like if you stand on your head, turn around twice, do all of the things that you're supposed to do, that there's like some like magic button or some magic book that you're going to read. And, like, the truth of it is, is there's, like, biological reasons that babies wake, like, wake up at night. And, again, I'm certainly not a cultural expert, but, you know, I feel like decades ago, um, two people in the household didn't work, right? Like, mom was, like, staying at home, and it was, like, you know, a lot easier. You, your parents were there, right? Grandparents were, like, living in the same household. You had, like, neighbors who would take care of your kids. So now here we are in this, like, crazy, crazy society where everybody's working, nobody has support. And it's like, you need those kids to sleep. And there's like this whole industry around it, this whole like Western culture industry around it. And it just makes me think that like, there's probably a little bit of something to this, if that makes sense. You know, life is different than it was hundreds of years ago because hello, we're a perfect example. We have to work out yeah. of the home 
and we are miserable people if we're not sleeping. <laughs> and there's, you know, there's a certain level of like, okay, I get it. This is a newborn. I will feed you. I will do the things that I need to do. And then it comes to a point where you will lose your mind and you will not be a functioning human being, or you might not even be a good parent if you're not getting adequate sleep. Right. So our lifestyle in this Western culture, yes, it is different. And yes, we have to help our children adapt to our life. And I'm not going to really apologize for that because this is the way we live our lives and pay our bills. And I'm sorry, little girl, you're going to have to learn how to sleep. So mom can (laughs) sleep a little bit, you know, this is just one example. But yeah, this one of the things that I thought was fascinating is it said the whole sleep through the night culture was from a 1950 study in London where 70% of the babies were sleeping through the night by three months. But listen, it was from midnight to 5 a.m. Which so, is really, like they yeah. said, like, yeah, like that was like what that was based on sleep through the night. That's five hours. And somehow it's like morphed into this eight hour stretch. Like I remember when I had my first kid being like, I'm going to have her sleeping through the night, eight hours straight by two months old. Like I'm going to do it. And Mm -hmm. it was like this thing that was like, I, uh, I've heard other people do this. This is the kind of parent I want to be. I'm on top of it. I can do it. I'm going to get good sleep, you know, and I was bound and determined to do it. Well, now it's like, oh, okay. Well, it wasn't really it. Like this is all based on nothing. Like we shouldn't be forcing these unreasonable um, demands on these children. I feel like you just have to like be, okay. So, I mean, you're, and I a hundred percent agree. Like when you can't, when you're not sleeping, man, and you're working a job, like it's just, it's untenable for everybody in your family. Um, But maybe going in with those expectations of like, yeah, like your kid is just not going to sleep eight hours yeah. every single right. night. Like, you know, you can do some sleep training and it's going to help, but it's just like to have this expectation, like you read these books and you think that there's like a magic bullet. Like, it's just, that's just not realistic. And the other thing is every kid is different. Like, totally. some, you know, you could do the exact same thing and one kid could sleep through the night and one kid could wake up four totally. times. Like every kid is different. Cause I, totally. I know people who have been like, I have tried everything, everything, and my kid just won't do it. And, uh, you know, I, I think it is a lot to do with the child, too. Yeah. No, I agree. But it is interesting to see um, the co-sleeping thing is really interesting for me because, yeah. because here in, in the States, I mean, you do not – I mean, co-sleeping is, like, against every – every role, um, even though it's super tempting. And I think sometimes parents do it because like, it goes back to like, you need to sleep and like kids want to sleep, sleep on you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I thought it was interesting that in like other cultures, co-sleeping is just the norm and they don't yeah. have that high of SIDS rates. So it's just, it did yeah. say though, like the obesity rate and whether you're smoking or drinking, uh-huh. like the, the, you know, yes, the SIDS rates were, were not as high in, in the places where they did co-sleep, but those things weren't there either. Right. So right. you kind of have to think about some of those other factors. Like if you're a bigger person, you're more right. likely to roll over on your baby. Maybe, um, if you're drinking, if you're doing other things, you know, right. so I don't know. I think you kind of have to take all of that in too. Right. Yeah. No, um, there's definitely a lot of different, I mean, obviously it's a different culture. So there's like a ton, a million different factors influencing all of those things, but it's, it is just interesting just to take a look to see how other moms and other Mm -hmm. worlds are dealing with all of this. Here's our last article for the day. This one comes from NPR. It says, are we raising unhelpful bossy kids? Here's the Mm. fix. 
Are we? I think we are, guys. I we know. Gotta, I, I know I am not. Are we? I'm, we got to work know. on this. I don't I think, think so. so. I don't know. How do you know? How do you know? Like, I, I think we're raising up. saints. All of our children will grow up to be oh, saints. Like, sounds classic. Yeah. So, uh, so if you listen to last week's episode, um, we mentioned this author who um, traveled the world with her toddler, and they kind of learned from different cultures um, in terms of how to parent maybe a little differently than the Western culture and maybe potentially a little bit better. So she has these key practices that she wants to illustrate how other cultures besides Western cultures are potentially better parents because they probably are. So the first one is to scramble or not to scramble. And she's talking about eggs. Your little kid, for example, comes over and says, mama, you know, what are you making? You're making some eggs. Can I help you scramble the eggs? Like that's kind of a hard task for kids to do. Um, scrambling the eggs. So let them help basically like they might screw it up. And I think maybe the three of us are more inclined to be like, I'll just do it. Liesl, like go watch your show. I'll get, I'll get this done faster. It'll be easier if mama does it. Well, she's saying, don't do that. She's comparing it to a test that they developed an experiment in which they put like a fake grocery store up for an older kid and a younger kid. And they watch and see if the older kid lets the younger kid help out with the grocery buying and the list that they have to go through. And these tasks that might be a little bit more difficult for the younger kid, but the older kid is going to let the younger kid help. Well, that's what we want to do. We want to emulate this experiment that they did. So let your kid help scramble the eggs. Now, a thing that she says might be better than letting your kid scramble the eggs, if you are a little bit more proactive, is to give your kids these kind of sub tasks. So maybe not these huge tasks that they have to do, like, you know, crack an egg, but open the door for mama. Her hands are full. Mm, or, hey, like can one. you hand me that spoon across the table? Like, I could go over there and get it, but it's easier. And it is helpful if your child just hands you the spoon. And they realize that they are being useful in the, in the home. And that's going to somehow make them better children than how we're already raising them, ladies. Well, I <laughs> thanks for I breaking it lot, down. Andrew. I, yeah, right. I took a lot from this, and I I actually kind of felt better about my children after reading this because oh, really? we do yeah. that a lot. We we do. You know, I, I said in another episode that I, I don't feel like we're like super great about the chore thing, but I do that a lot. I'll say, you know, oh, can you go get socks for Bennett? Can you mm-hmm. go? You know, little things. And this article said three subtasks per hour. And I think that's oh. kind of a good, um, you know, schedule. And, and I think, you know, and like, you know, if you say go clean up the playroom, of course, you're going to be like, well, it's too much. But like, hey, go right. put that one puzzle away. Oh, okay, I like can do that. specific. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been really trying to do that. And I think that our kids, it's so much easier. And, and yes, like, is it really helping that much? Maybe not. But if they start to do those little things, they'll eventually grow into bigger things, right? And the other thing I like is that this article said, like, they want to be, like, helpers. They want to be a part of the family. They want to be doing these things together with us. So even if it's a little thing, if they feel like, oh, hey, I put three plates on the table, that helps get dinner ready. Sure. Cool. You know? Well, and the idea is, is that these smaller tasks turn out a kid who is interested in helping in bigger things down the road. Right. So it's like an investment in, you know, 
in your future, if you will. You know, I'm trying to be like this. Um, you know, the hard part about it is, is like, I'm just, we're busy. And it's, you know, if everyone wants to help cook dinner, I'm like, listen, I'm exhausted. I've been up since two in the morning. Like, I want to get this dinner. Like, I want to get this like done. And, you know, when you have like a toddler helping, it's just like, basically like, and then not only do I have to clean up like the mess from making dinner, but I have to clean up like the mess that you specifically made from making dinner. But I have been trying to like, you know, I'll let River like whisk stuff. Um, we have this ball pit in our basement, which is like the bane of my existence. Um, I posted a picture of it on the Anchor Moms <laughs> Facebook page and people were like, is that your house? I was like, yeah, unfortunately it is. There's like balls everywhere. But I've been like, what's annoying is River loves to play in them. And then I'm not kidding. It takes me 25 minutes to clean up all of the dang balls. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been trying to be better. Like if you just say like, help mommy clean up, she's not interested. But if you're like, hey, clean it. Can you hand me the, all the red balls, all the green mm-hmm. balls? Can you give me that pink ball over there? She's a little bit better at it. So I don't know, maybe just like, just like this article suggests like breaking it down for their small little mm-hmm. minds. I mean, helpful. it works for me. Like it, when I, you know, if I'm like, I have to clean the entire house today, I'm like, Oh wow. That's too big right. of a task. But if I'm like, okay, on Monday, I'll do all of the laundry and I'm not going to worry right. about vacuuming or sweeping or dusting. That's what I'll do on Tuesday. Like if you break it down, right, it's right. easier. So, I mean, right. think about how much easier that would be for the little kids' minds. Right. Is this um, a lesson for all of us? Is this like is. a human lesson? It's a um, human lesson. You guys, before we move on, I have to say one thing that like was the only thing I could think about with this article. And I reread it three times. Did you notice that when it was giving examples of what you should get your kids to help with, it said, like, bring me the machete. Yes. What? I noticed no. that. Yes. yes. And the matches. What? Yeah. Oh, the match. I think they were being ironic. Were they be okay? I was like, surely this is a joke. Like, ah. But the, it was just odd I because the rest that. of the article didn't have that same like sense of humor or tone. <laughs> and I was like, wait, did that just say bring me the machete? It did. I, I was like, wait, what? I, I was so confused. And then I was like, is it supposed to be funny? I couldn't like get past the machete. The whole you had a article, hard time. I was like, you were I just was thinking about like little Bennett like carrying around a machete. Well, I think the, the idea her, was actually. so it says so request like quote hold the cup or quote bring me the machete. She says <laughs> parents involve kids every step of the way from the smallest task all the way to the biggest task. So I think that's the point like, she was trying to make like bring the me. eventual task of getting the machete. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, like who? Could you bring me that that saw over there, River? Hand me the wood, hand me the, the wood chopper. Hey, that's How about what they that do loaded in... gun? Can you bring that loaded yeah, gun loaded over gun. for a second, please? <laughs> it was. That's like, what they do in I... other countries, guys. Well, that's what I was like. Is yeah. This, like, do people have machetes in other countries that uh, she is? Like, bring to yes, them? she's I'm... talking about the Republic of Congo. I I don't so know. They definitely use uh, machetes. Well, and also, like, the other example of hold my cup is totally normal, but, like, bring me a machete. What? I don't know. I don't don't have a kid to hold my cup either. Uh, Anyway. You're like, hold hold my beer. That's what you ask them, right? Hold my beer. (laughs) Do not drink this. This is mama juice. Um, Our kids still think everything, every can is a Coke. So, like... They're like, yeah. oh, how's that Coke, mom? I'm like, that's actually right. pretty good Coke. Right. No, I mean, that's funny because River thinks all look like like all cans are LaCroix. So she thinks, she calls it uh, special water. Can you put some special water in my cup? I'm like, no. Win of the week. So you guys, um, you know, it was just, it's Lent, Lenten season um, in the Catholic Church. And, you know, typically um, 
you might give something up or do something extra. Well, I made a colossal mistake. Oh boy. And decided that our family was going to give up TV during the week. Really? Wait, but like, I don't understand. Like that was like, you made the Lenten decision for everybody in your family. Well, we started, so we started talking God about came it. to me last night. So <laughs> yeah. We are not going to watch TV. Everyone in this household will not watch TV. No. Yeah. Um, I started talking about it, and I was trying to, like, get the kids to think of things, and Henry's idea was, I'm going to really work on being a better snuggler. I was like, well, I like that. And you're, like, actually a really good snuggler already, so I don't really know how you could go up from where you are. Yeah. But anyway, um, so we were trying to think of different things, and, and I... I said, you know, I, because they, you know, you know how it is. It's the pandemic. We've kind of s- slipped into a little bit more TV time than I would prefer. And so I just thought, oh, hey, why don't we not? Because, you know, anyway, I thought, well, let's just give up TV during the week. If it's a school day, no TV. Um, so they're like, okay, yeah. And they somehow were on board with it. And I was like, all right. And so I tell Gregory and he's like, What? Like, that's the worst idea. Like, why? That's like the one crutch we have. Like, that's the one thing yeah, we can do Greg. if we, if we, like, what are you thinking? And but then you know, once you tell the kids, especially the older kids, they get excited. Then you can't like backtrack and be like, never can't mind. Let's actually only give up TVs on Monday. Like, you know, let's so only anyways. give up ice cream Sundays. Yeah. yeah. So long story short, it is now basically the end of Lent, and guys, we kind of did it. So, and it was kind of nice. And it was, it was, here's what was nice is because there's really not that much time in our day. I know your day is much different than mine, but in my day, especially now that LRA is going to school and the little kids are in preschool, you know, there's really not that much time that we would watch a show sometimes at night, but it is so nice when somebody says, can we watch a show to say, nope, sorry, it's Lent. It's during, it's a school day. Just kind of take it off the table. Yeah. And And it's weird that like somehow it works. They're like, oh yeah. Okay. Whereas, they, like, yeah, if, it, if we hadn't had this thing, then, like, it, I feel like it would have turned into a big, like, well, why not? Argument. And, like, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, anyway, win for our family that we really, I mean, there have been a couple of exceptions, like, some sick days and stuff. But for the most part, we have not watched TV on school days during all of it. No, that's, like, definitely That's impressive. really good. That's big. Yeah. I wish I could say yeah. the same. Yeah. Well, again, mm. you guys have much different schedules in your home with your kids all afternoon. So, I don't know that I would have suggested or survived it with <laughs> with your schedules but it it's just it, it just made me kind of realize those things that I'm like what else could I just like say this is a rule now and they would be like yeah. oh okay right but, right like right. that you just don't think of that you just need to like put your foot down about anyway there you have well, it congratulations thanks you know gotta take every little win that you can get right that's a big one well okay. Hope everyone has a great, uh, great week. Yeah. Stay cool. Stay cool. All you, <laughs> all you, all you anchor mom fans. Stay cool. Cool. Like us. Real cool. <laughs> Stay cool. Find those, find those thong bathing suits. Let us know how they're working out for you. <laughs> oh, we can't wear those. We can't wear those. I mean, I don't know. Just can't do it. Are we? I mean, no. wait, I think we are. We just, like, I mean, I'm not it's wearing done. that. It's over. Okay. Okay. All I don't right. know. I need like three spray tans before I even walk down. Yeah, that's what the my beach. other question. Like, how do you wear a bathing suit thong? Like, isn't your butt like pale white? Well, I, do other I hate, people like? Yeah, you just get a spray tan. I mean, like, but also, it's embarrassing to like pick your wedgie on the beach. So, like, take care of that problem. It's already up there. 
That's the that, that's like, the I only positive. That's that. the I only, never even only positive of the whole thing. Oh, um, well, yeah. I mean, it's a lot to. There's a lot of in, what's in this. <laughs> okay. Okay. okay bye, I thought we'd already ended it. I thought it was over. Oh, no, God. it's and now we're ending it. Bye, bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you, moms. The podcast. Thanks for listening.